0: Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I'm Janet Denton-House and I specialize in helping women who are married to men want and enjoy intimacy more. So if you've ever felt like it was a chore, even though you really love your husband, you are not alone and this is the show for you. Join me as I have open and honest conversations about sex, marriage, and everything else in the bedroom. I promise to never tell you to just do it spice things up, or buy some lingerie. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Wanting It More podcast. Today we have the first of its kind, which is a group conversation. I am so excited to welcome back both Laura and Lisa from previous episodes. So we've already done their introductions before. Um, maybe we'll just do a brief something that they're both in okay sharing. Um, and today we thought we'd we do a fun one, a fun topic and just explore this weird cultural thing that happens where we're all supposed to have really great hot erotic amazing sex lives that are happening every day apparently. And yet we're not allowed to talk about it. Our kids are not allowed to hear us. We're supposed to be very silent. It's very wink wink nudge nudge. Sometimes I need to remind myself that other people do it when I go grocery shopping. (laughs) They're not doing it when I'm grocery shopping, but the fact that I see normal human beings out in the world and that, yes, in fact, many of them are having sex. So let's just uh, do a quick introduction. Lisa, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you feel comfortable with?
1: Sure. Hi, everyone. It's
0: Lisa back
1: again. You may remember me from one of the other episodes. But yeah, I live in the States with my husband and my young son. I work from home and in IT, and now, at the moment, I currently cannot stop picturing people having sex in a grocery store, so I have to, I have to work <laughs> past that. <laughs> I
0: love it. Thanks, Lisa. Awesome to have you back. And what about you, Laura? You were the first episode that came out. That's so, what I yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm Laura. Um, I've been married for 12 years now. Um, I've got two kids who are nine and seven. I live in Wisconsin, USA. Um, It's a beautiful day here. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I also am picturing people having sex in the grocery store. Thanks, Lisa, for that. Yeah, anytime.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe we'll just get right to personal stuff, because this is a podcast about sex anyways, and why be vague about it? How does this show up in your lives? So I'll give a couple of examples. Um I remember moving house once, and my mom was helping me move house, and we had a little basket full of vibrators and condoms and lube and whatnot that I'd always been very secretive and hide away and don't let my kids see and oh my gosh. And she she picked it up and it spilt all over the floor. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> know if she remembers this but it was a moment of here's something that I know she does she's married and I know they have sex and here's something I know we all know I do but there was this weird frozen moment where there it was and yet we didn't talk about it for Actually, we've never talked about it before. I should have her on the podcast and we could talk about that awkward little moment we had. <laughs> but why is it awkward?
1: It is so awkward. I, as you say that, I hadn't thought about it, but I was like, you're right. We do hide away anything that could be related to sex. Like If I have massage oil out on like a bedside table and then people are coming over to the house, I put it away. Why do I do
0: that? Let's explore because You it. might
2: have people like Laura who come over and snoop in your things.
1: Or <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what kind are you using?
2: <laughs> um, Jenna knows that about me. I have something that my mom and I called um, Goldilocks syndrome, where we like to know how other people live. <laughs> and so it's not really snooping so much as like, I don't open things, but I, I do look and see what are you guys I doing? love it. <laughs> it's so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um. I. Uh, but I mean, it's, I, I think it's, you know, like, I feel like for me, I always think back to kids and to parenting because that's just my professional space um and the way my brain is trained. Um, but I, I think about those moments when you first start talking about sex. So you're four and you ask where babies come from. You're, you know, five and you notice that the door was locked and you ask, mommy, why was the door locked? You know, like you think about those moments and the the response the deer in the headlights the like awkward you know shushing the like the just the awkwardness of the the adults in your lives sends a very loud message about what's okay to talk about and what's not um i'm thinking about when like when i asked about where babies came from i i was five and i remember it um my whole family does because it's a family story um, my sister was there and I'm with my mom and my mom said, do you do you really want me to tell you? And I said, yes. And it, my sister, who's four years older, rolled her eyes and said, Laura, you are not going to believe this and walked out of the room. Okay. And she told me and then, you know, we we, I, we had various discussions. And luckily, she told me early on that when she was a child, her mom wouldn't ever talk about anything private, anything like nothing about. Her menstrual cycle, nothing about sex, nothing even about, like, she grew up on a farm. She was a farmer's daughter. Literally nothing even about, like, the testicles on the, like, (laughs) on pigs, you know? And so, like, one day, like, my mom would tell this, tell lots of stories about how awkward her mom was about sex in an attempt to make us feel comfortable talking about it. I feel like I'm talking a lot. Is it okay?
0: Oh yeah, this is good. Keep okay. going. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm on.
2: I'm like on the edge of my seat. Okay. Like, so she Where's was telling this all these stories, and like one of them was when she was when she was about five. She there were pigs, and she asked her mom about the male pig. She like what's hanging down between the pigs' legs, and her mom got red in the face and said, "Well, those are called the testicles, but it's a bad word, and you should never say it." Mm. And so then later that day, my mom remembers skipping in a circle in her yard singing, testicles, testicles, testicles. And then she realized it and she goes, you guys can't see me because this is an audio, but she froze. And then she would start singing, Texas, Texas, Texas. (laughs) And that's it. Like, that's the moment. I feel like that's the moment where we, you know, those are the moments where we get this idea that like, This thing is happening that everybody knows about, but nobody's talking about. Do you know what I mean? Like those are the, do we have, do you have stories like that? If you're in your own childhood, we probably all have moments that we can remember or think back on. Or if you, even if you ask your parents, when did I first ask about where babies come from? You know?
0: I know. I had a moment, I had a couple. One of them was, I was in grade seven and Alanis Morissette was just getting big and we were around the dinner table and I was singing wine dines 69 me and my brother sort of <laughs> choked on his food and <laughs> I had no idea what it meant I, I didn't know and I was like what what is it and just silence no one said anything so that, that for me- silence was so loud So it said so, I'm silent, says so much, much. right? Because I was exposed to that word. And that's what's happening. It's not that we're not exposed to sexual content. We are. We're Mm -hmm. we're exposed every single day to being sexualized as women, how sex is supposed to look. Uh, It's not like we live in this you know nothing at all because wouldn't that be great then we would be coming from a neutral place where we could actually figure out what sex is supposed to look like for us so yeah what about you lisa wow this is well i'm thinking because it makes
1: sense with these words right i never thought about it from this angle as a child coming up saying what is this you know if a kid comes up to you and says what's a testicle versus what's a hedgehog like to them there's no difference in their mind they're just like oh, i just want to know what it is and so you're right we've just been perpetuating this cycle and something that it's not a personal story just a real question that i've been thinking about recently is like what did people do historically like a long time ago when everyone lived in like one little room or one little hut or like was it more i would love to talk to someone from that and be like well was it like a very open thing? Like, oh, mom and dad are over there doing it again, you know? Or was it kids go, you know, muck out the stalls and they, you know, had a little fun while the kids were like, I'm just so curious, has it always been this way? Or when was there this subtle shift? And then we began the cycle that we are in now. Patriarchy and religion. Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell us more, Laura
2: i mean i would i would imagine lisa yeah that yes at one point like it was just ve- like a very natural normal part of family life we lived in small areas we lived communally so oftentimes there were families multiple families or multiple generations of a family living in the same small house or area and then culturally things started to shift when we moved into a like a ag- to being like agrarian cultures and that's when patriarchy kind of came about when women's bodies and our reproductive capabilities became an asset to a family um instead of our own beautiful magic um
3: they became property uh and
2: with it went like away a you know i think that those things fell away or even like I mean I think um from who what is the name of that author you really like Jana um oh Farah, Farida Farida Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like she would say that at one point like we we started being this all started being cloaked in shame in order to to keep us in, in, a, in a place of, of you know in a position a societal position that was beneficial to the patriarchy mm-hmm. too
1: so do you think at some point we had liberation i know now we're going into history but I, I just always wondered do you think there was a time where women had the freedoms and bodily autonomy over their sexuality
2: Oh, yeah. I've read some books by um, Native American authors, um, the Indigenous Peoples of North America, and mm-hmm. many of those hunter-gathering societies were more, um, had, uh, where the, the women were empowered in the choosing of the partners and how long their partnerships lasted and, and when they moved away and moved to a different partner. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think there was a time when we had more more power and more say, and there was more openness mm. about those. Yeah, absolutely.
3: It's I'm not, so interesting.
2: I'm not an anthropologist, but I <laughs> i guarantee there are anthropologists who know a lot about this.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's gotten to a pretty polarized place where there's so much, I don't even want to call it sex, like, disordered stuff on in media and there's so much quietness around sex like I follow this couple who is doing a hike like a six-month hike and I don't even know I think YouTube or somewhere so one of those social media channels that I'm scrolling on late at night I'm supposed to be going to sleep and they were talking about getting shipped packages every once in a while to different cities so they could pick up new supplies. And in one of their videos, they were just going through the box of things that they were getting, you know, dehydrated food, deodorant, a new tube of toothpaste, some new underwear. And the last thing was, and a condom. And then they closed the video. And you know what I did next? Right to the comments. (laughs) And it it was full of people talking about this condom. And it was very much a, uh, ooh, getting it on on the trail and I wonder how they do it. And suddenly this couple became, I don't know, kinky or weird or abnormal, but all they were doing is just talking in an open way about the supplies that they were sent and one condom they were sent. So... What yeah. the heck
3: is happening?
1: Yeah, and that's it, and it makes me it kind of makes me think of it as we're talking of stories of you know seeing the condom, right? That's a sign that that couple's having sex, and so people are oh, how dare that? Like, oh my goodness, they showed us this condom. Um, and so actually, you're thinking of this story about a hickey, and so it was actually kind of recently. And I don't even recall doing anything that would have given my husband a hickey. And then the next morning, he's getting ready for work. And I see like just the tiniest little mark on his neck. And I was instantly mortified. Like, I was like, I can't believe you have to go to work like this. It's probably like considered really unprofessional. I mean, and it wasn't like, you know, a high schooler, like like a big massive like you know where you're like okay that probably wasn't fun for either of you type of situation um <laughs> but like my husband really didn't care he was like whatever um but I was just struck by how stressed out about this I was and I mean I mean this was probably the size of the fingernail of a pinky I mean it was I don't even know why. See, I'm like justifying it to you guys. It was really small. I promise. <laughs> because
2: there's because there's social consequences for you. No one will think anything badly about him. If anything, him yeah. coming to work with a, kick, a hickey is a little bit of a like, oh yeah, you got some. Versus yeah. for you, you know that then people will be thinking about you in a different light if they see this and connect. Ah. Like that, it's there's a double standard for men and women when it comes to this stuff. And I think that there's a lot of pressure for us to keep keep our stuff quiet and private because. It,
1: yeah. Can I quote a song that it makes it? me think of a song? Uh, a lady in the street, but a freak in the bed.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: And that is. And he but wears, that's exactly what you just said.
2: Wearing your freakiness on, on his neck. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great for him, but not great for you.
1: Great
0: for you, yeah. So is that part of it? Are we, have we been conditioned to have this pure, untainted, floating through life as a saint sort of vibe as a woman? Is that what we're trying to, is that what I felt when I, when my vibrator <laughs> threw classroom room in front of my mom? that now somehow she was gonna see me in a bad light because I have orgasms.
1: Kind of connecting, now that I'm thinking, because Laura, you're bringing this childhood aspect into it, I'm thinking, what, historically, this is just a generalization, but we often expect young girls to be wholesome, right? That would be a word that you would describe, that you should be wholesome, she should be a nice girl. And so, all of a sudden, I think we've just had all these years, and society expects that that even as an adult, you're thinking, "Well, yeah, and there's li- I mean, even if I wasn't married or like there's there's no really permutation in enjoying safe, consensual sex with a partner that is morally wrong and. Is it because of all these signs that we're giving over and over and over again to each generation when they're young? Boys are going to be wild and run free. You should be a wholesome, you know, little girl. Mm.
2: Men will sow their wild oats.
0: Yes. Save
2: yourself for your husband.
0: But is there also a, just even a couple thing that, that, that's just about sex in general? Uh, like that condom situation with the couple that now now we're thinking about them having sex and that somehow that that's not something we should be talking about or thinking about or seeing or do you think it has to do with just the woman not being seen in a certain light or is it the actual we just don't really want to talk about sex in the real world? like my Great question. K- my kids are in middle school and just the whole vibe of middle school where we live anyways there's just a lot of sexual innuendo and and suggestions and penises drawn on desks and mm. <laughs> you know just the everyone giggles when i say you know something about hard everyone laughs it's always about penises <laughs> it just doesn't seem to ever connect to anything real but then when i'm when i try to say hey well why don't we actually talk about this how about we make it real how about we have a little educational moment here for a second it's no way so there's this acceptability in society to talk about genitals and sex but in a very particular way but when it comes to knowing that their parents are enjoying time together in the bedroom that's disgusting or, or the fact that I ever want to talk about pleasure or have a model of a vulva on my desk. I mean, that's just what I do. So that's just horrifying to them. And I see that that's modeled in society. It's just this it really immature mm. way. Do you think it's because in a
1: way society, not only are we silent in talking about it, but we're silent in showing it? Yes. So if you never see it, I'm not saying like, oh, we should just show everybody sex, but it's always a private thing behind closed doors. If you're going to see anything,
0: it's considered pornographic. And also inappropriate. Yes. Don't be inappropriate. So many women tell me that they don't want to have sex when their kids are in the house. Doesn't matter the age. I've heard teens. I've heard adult children. I've heard young kids. Middle like It doesn't matter. I've heard that. Or if there's other people in the home, if you have a roommate or mother-in-law or guest staying over, we do not want to have. We cannot. How, how could we? It would be so inappropriate to do that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I am in this parenting group on Facebook where there's lots of questions being asked about things like this, and when a parent asks a question about like the kids catching them having sex, the amount of people that just pile on. Why didn't you have better locks within your doors? How dare you have sex on the couch while your kids are sleeping and they could come and walk in on you? I mean, just the pile on, and this is in a very sex positive group. Like the whole point of the group is to be sex positive and they still pile on these parents who are asking and like it happened like I can't go back in time and install a better lock like it happened what do I do just never have sex again until my kids have graduated and aren't in the house like no
0: yeah and then there's this storyline of seeing that is traumatizing
2: it's so funny it's it's so different than my own like experience growing up I loved that my parents were affectionate I, I knew that they had sex every, either every Saturday night or Sunday morning. I knew every Sunday morning when I wanted to like go in and say good morning, that that door was going to be locked and my parents were going to be like scrambling out of bed when I go in, when I knocked on their door. I loved that, knowing that about my parents
3: Mm.
2: and my, I, I, even as a teen, like that was still happening in my house. And my friends were still like, ew, Mr. Freud, my, all my Friends had my dad as a teacher. They're like, "Ew, Mr. Freud. And, and I was like, "What?" I hope that this is what I that I have a marriage like this. I mm-hmm. as a ki- as a kid, I did not ever have a problem with it with my own parents. I loved their their wow. healthy sex life. I loved it. I continue to love it. What I'm about so happy for them?
0: <laughs> now, do you feel comfortable having sex when your kids are in the home? Has that translated over into your? experience yeah
2: they have when we have our xd's that we learned to have during your program Jana, they are watching tv in the basement so we've got a floor between us Mm -hmm. um i start i think i have a better time on our xd's when they're not in the house because um i can i feel less restrained and maybe that's a piece of this i feel like i can be as kind of noisy as i want to be i guess Mm -hmm. noisy Hmm. that feels awkward how does that feel
0: when you said that. that
2: Like, yeah, it does not feel good. good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, why? This is about the silence. This is
2: it. It's the silence. It's the, it's the, like, there shouldn't be any evidence that I enjoy this. No evidence. No evidence that this is for me. There should be no evidence that this is, that I get to have a pleasurable experience with my husband. You
3: feel that too, Lisa? I do. And I'm feeling, what's the word that I'm feeling? Um, trapped? Uh,
1: like, how do we move forward then mm. is what I'm thinking is I'm kind of stuck in this. Well, then how can we be the catalyst for change? Yeah.
2: I think it's generational. I think that change is always generational, right? So my mom grew up in a home where her mom did never spoke about anything, was too embarrassed, you know, and I grew up in a much more sex positive and open home. And hopefully my kids are like having even a more open and positive experience in my home. I do feel like there's generational change that need, that like we have to just rely on, on that process happening. But I don't know the question of, at least I feel like you were asking, like, how does it change in the here and now in our own relationships for our own selves? And I don't know that I have answers. I don't I don't know.
0: Have sex when you have guests over. Laura, when I came <laughs> to visit you, were you having sex? Let's talk about that. No.
3: No? If you we don't know,
0: be- I recently spent a week, week <laughs> in Laura's home. She looks really embarrassed. She just covered her whole face.
2: rxd's are on saturday mornings and you were you left on friday so no we did not
0: (laughs) (laughs) wait a second oh right because we were my husband was
2: gone the first saturday right so (laughs) so no
0: (laughs) well i i had a solo experience downstairs (laughs) hey lisa you asked for a change i love it this is the change everyone (laughs) oh my gosh how dare i yeah
2: i think i probably had a solo experience while you were there before my husband came home
1: there we go i love it look at that (laughs) did you know
2: I'm like
0: hyperventilating. <laughs> when you guys were visiting each other, did Jenna, oh Shanna,
2: please don't make a reel about this. Like, don't put this on Instagram. <laughs> it will not.
0: It will not be the thing that.
1: I heaven forbid you tag me. <laughs> I will not. Take- <laughs>
0: I know. Are you are you regretting having your full name? Lisa's like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. under the cloak of a
1: little I am Lisa.
0: <laughs> no no, no But leave. this is how we
2: step out of the shadows, right? Like this yeah. is how mm-hmm. this is how change happens. So no, it's it's fine.
0: I love <laughs> okay. it. How about how about uh, in laws? In laws are parents when they visit. Oh my Do god. They-
2: so my parents know that dan and i sleep in on saturday mornings while the girls watch tv you know watch their cartoons and i cannot tell you the number of times that they are over at 7 30 in the morning because they're early risers knocking on the door we want to come see the girls and i'm like get get out
0: (laughs) (laughs) have you ever said we're having sex go away in a lovely kind polite way
2: Oh my god I think my dad would never look at me in the eyes again see what yeah, the he would he would see me differently
0: but have you ever sat and watched a sex scene with your parents ever been oh I mean, yeah right
2: I watched the watch Titanic with my dad <laughs> so I sat next to him in the theater and watched Titanic I was like ah! as a teenager <laughs> it's <was> awful <laughs> but why why is this so awful
1: know and it's and i was trying to think of something that's equally as gross not that sex is gross but like what is it you know thinking in a preteen type mind like like, what else is gross and then i realized it's all like bodily
0: functions are gross Mm -hmm.
1: bodily functions
0: pooping pm period yeah Mm -hmm. our cycles are a big one Blowing our nose, that can be kind of I mean it's more socially acceptable, but you don't want to just do it in the middle of something and sweat, sweat stains. Sweat, yes. But We're
1: going doing... back to blowing your nose, I know this is not really related. Do you remember in school when you had to blow your nose, but it you knew it'd be like a really loud blow and you'd be like you have to like time it just right and you'd be like Mm -hmm. like maybe just like hiding in the corner and it was so stressful and you're so self-conscious about blowing your nose that it's like of course that I'm going to be self-conscious about talking about sex you know I can't even blow my nose in front of you know 20 people
2: where did we get the idea that we aren't allowed to like have human bodily functions
1: yeah bodies
3: are dirty defiled
0: Ugh. That is, this is very validating. I think that's the point of this podcast is maybe not to solve the world's problems, but just to validate that if this feels really weird, it's because it's very weird. It's very weird that we would sit and watch in a movie theater with, I don't know, not hundreds, tens of other people, scores of other people, very graphic sex scenes and yet never turned to the person next to us and say,
3: "Oh yeah, I had sex yesterday." Yeah.
0: So this just adds to I do
2: think some people talk about that with their friends, don't they? Like I have I have friends. I have one friend who we talk about our sex lives with each other. in detail. Yeah. Like she'll talk Really? To- we had a really great experience with her husband.
1: That's pretty Can rare. I ask? Just to, just to tar- tell. Is, it, is that a friend that you met through Jana's program, or a friend outside of that?
2: No, she's just a, a friend outside of
1: that. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree with Jenna. I think that's very rare.
0: Wonderful, but rare.
2: Yeah, I mean, yes, it's it's. And good.
0: did did either of you make the first move when it came to that?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so we had, we, you know, when our friendship was kind of deepening, we went away, like, we went away and stayed at a cabin together, just like the two of us for a weekend and um, got, like, really vulnerable with each other then. And since then, we've been able to be more open with each other. I think that the two of us were actively seeking, like, a true deep friendship, too. And so we had conversations about that as well. I think intentional relationships are really powerful. Mm -hmm. Where you're like where you have you know I feel like most of our friendships at least in my experience I I gosh, even most of like relationships happen kind of by accident and while skirting the issue of like what are we establishing here like what do we want our relationship to be I think intentional relationships are are super powerful thing that we don't as a as a kind of as a collective I don't think we tap into them as much as possible like as much as we could be doing So that was a really intentional friendship.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's levels to it because there's one level almost like with the kids question, what are babies are made? Oh, there's a sperm and an egg. Yeah. But how does the sperm get to the egg? And then there's, then there's a, okay, but now you just have sex only to have babies. Now you've got to talk about pleasure. There's these layers and levels of talking until You finally have a kid saying, mom, what's a blowjob?" And you take a deep breath and (laughs) tell them the truth with all the the details. So I feel like that's the same thing with talking about sex. You could maybe say, oh, I had a good time with my husband the other day, if it feels appropriate. Again, if it feels appropriate, because it's never appropriate. But then it's getting to the place of, yeah, but how did you have an orgasm? Was it Counterclockwise circles on your clitoris? Were you using a vibrator? Did you use loop? Like, how do you what positions? How does that work? I've been really trying to figure this one out and I can't understand. Do you squirt? Do you uh, you know, like do you have oral sex? Do you like it? There's so many more detailed questions that I think we're seeing more in media than we ever are talking to each other. It's just a big mystery.
2: I think that's one of the reasons why it's so powerful, Jana, when you share your XDs in Wanting It More.
0: Mm-hmm. When you
2: describe your intimate moments with John, um, it, it's really it was very powerful and very helpful for me when I was going through Wanting It More mm-hmm. um, for, for that reason. Because there is, there's all this very explicit material out there
0: which is wrong nothing like, about, it's not it's not real it's not real yeah not wrong but it's not it's not real it's fake these are fake pleasure they're not they're not actually acting. doing it it's acting yes it's all acting and it's all scripted
2: it's all and it's all scripted by a the kind of the the way society thinks it should happen mm-hmm. it's just piles and piles of shoulds all over the place that's why it was so refreshing to hear about your XCs, Jana. I thank you so much for vulnerably sharing them. Mm-hmm. Because there's not a should in sight. Although it's easy to listen to them and take them as a should. Too.
0: Very much so, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Lisa? Do you have you talked well, to friends or parents or
1: uh not my parents, no. <laughs> oh, never.
0: <laughs> Never. that's the response I get when I ask
1: yeah. um that would be
0: interesting I don't know um should we should we do a challenge we all talk to our parents about sex and come back
1: and talk. well so this is this is interesting I mean who knows maybe someday they'll stumble on this hi mom hi dad you know <laughs> I'm still listening so it's actually interesting so obviously I took your course and in the spring of this year, I was at a family wedding and there was like a shuttle to and from like the reception back to the hotel. And I was sitting next to my aunt on the way back and somehow it came up the instances, my mom's sister, my mom was sitting behind us that she was eating a, a particular diet for and I was like, oh, you know, that's interesting. Like why? Because that's one that I follow. She goes, well, you know, these things are inflammatory for yada, 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 and come to find out, and I wish I could remember now what the diagnosis was, but essentially all of her vulva muscles, like it was just, there's nothing there anymore.
3: Mm. It had
1: like degenerated. Um, And so she was talking about it and she was like, yeah, it's just really, I wish I could remember the name, but she was having this really vulnerable conversation um, and she's like, yeah, I'm learning more. And like, I feel like we need to be upfront about this because like, what, what, you know, and so we were having this conversation. And then I said, oh, well, you know, it reminded me of another story that I had heard from someone through your program um, that I have connected with. And I said, oh, it reminds me of something that I heard in this course that I took about sex. And my mom's in the back going, what? <laughs> I can't hear you guys you know and so she's like kind of aware but it's so interesting that I spoke a little bit about it to my aunt and my cousin her son was sitting in front of her and he was just like chiming into the conversation like you could tell they had switched to those types of conversations in their house and like I know my mom heard me and she was interested but like we have to this date since then never discussed that Mm. which is just interesting to me and then So that's the answer to your first question. But then my brain is still back on something you said a few minutes ago. Um, So jump back in time with me. When you are talking about the layers of sex, uh, of of teaching it to children, it's interesting that it always starts with reproduction. Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: then how exactly, like every level of up and reproduction. And then you said, and then it gets to pleasure. And then you said hand jobs. And I realized maybe you meant a female hand job. I don't know if that's what people call it, but I've just been sitting here and I think that's why I was quiet for a moment because I was kind of stunned thinking I don't remember at any time in my life whether I remember one time actually, but that anyone ever talked about female pleasure ever until. I met you. And it was like, Oh, it could be pleasurable for like a female, but it, it started as this reproduction thing and then men's pleasure. And there was never anything else. And I I'm just been kind of sitting here thinking, wow. And then I'm going to go one more little side story and then I'll <laughs> let you two chime in. Um, I remember one time in college, a very good friend of mine and her boyfriend And she was saying how nice it was. She went to his house for dinner and his family was talking openly about low jobs and sex. And she was like, I'd really love that in my house like when I have kids someday. Um, And then I also remember her telling me, she said, oh, whenever you're with a guy, you need to have them, not like you have to, but she's like, you should have them go down on you. That's the only way I can enjoy it. But like, that's all she ever said. And so to me, a very sheltered child, I still didn't really understand what that meant. And I was like, he's gonna what? Like, and this is in my early twenties. And I'm like, ooh, what? You want, you know? And it was just, but that's the only time as I was saying that I can't think of any time that someone then focused on their own pleasure or like made a mention of it. And that was it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We all pretty much know that the penis goes in the vagina right? That's sort of the baseline sex. That's what we do this hand motion thing. I'm, I'm just doing that, you mm-hmm. know, finger in the whole hand motion here. We know that
2: Heteros- heterosexual sex,
0: heterosexual sex. Thanks, Laura. And but that also kind of that's connected because my mm-hmm. girls asked, how do lesbians have sex? Because that is the only thing that we ever know. And I'm like, this is a great conversation because it helps everyone when we talk about that. Because we're talking about female and female pleasure, where the penis is just not there. And the penis doesn't always have to be there in heterosex either. So
2: I was thinking about conversations that I've had with my girls about pleasure. So my girls are seven and nine. But I feel like we started talking about female pleasure pretty early because kids discover their vulva they discover you know that what feels nice in the bath and we so we started talking about that early like when mm. like they were two and discovered their vulva in in the bathtub um
3: and so that was something that we
2: talked about early and just just a, like a couple months ago. We were having a discussion, and somehow, like I don't even know how these conversations get started with kids, honestly. Like I don't know how, like on a trip, like going from like visiting a farm to the library, like somehow in there, we ended up talking about a lot, including abortion. and it was a very like like I you know, it was a conversation that I had been prepared for for a long time, but like it was one of those moments like, okay, it's happening, you know, and I had to like pull it all together. But at one point, my seven-year-old said, uh, "said um, Well, how would you ac- like? How would you accidentally get pregnant? How would you get pregnant without meaning to? Um, like, why would you have? Why would you have sex if you weren't trying to have a baby?" This is what she asked, which is such a good question. Um, and my nine-year-old said, "Well, because it feels good." And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> it does." It's- Feels good, you know. Um, she's like, "Yeah, you can have sex without wanting to have a baby. It feels good."
0: How radical of you! Do you ever get that moment, Laura, where you're qu- you do question yourself that you're thinking, "Is this inappropriate? Is this too early? Is this okay?"
2: You helped me with that, Jana, one time. I don't even know if you'll remember this conversation, um, because absolutely, I question those things, and I think in a healthy world where they weren't exposed to so much so young, we wouldn't have to have those conversations so young at all. I, but the world isn't healthy. The world is affected by porn and by, by patriarchy and misogyny, and they're not, they don't live in, our, <laughs> our sweet kids don't live in a healthy world. No. They lived in a yeah, messed up world. And we yeah. don't either. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, you helped me understand that. That there's, a, at a certain point, like, you have to just accept the world that they are in and give them the healthiest message you can in your own home.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I want my girls to know two things.
3: That their body is theirs. Mm-hmm. And they have the right to
2: control of it, the right to to have complete ownership of their body and they have the right to delight in their body.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But those are two fundamental rights that they have as human beings.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And those are two rights that I didn't fully understand I had until I took your course, Jenna.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: As a highly educated mm-hmm. Very sexually experienced woman. I didn't understand that those were my fundamental rights. I knew I had the right to consent. After a lot of non-consensual experiences. Mm-hmm. But you helped me find that right to pleasure and delight.
0: Mm.
2: That I'm, I'm still working on. Oh, still, I'm still grappling with.
0: All Me the too. Time. Me too. Right, Lisa? It's Me too. <laughs> yeah. This is such an ongoing ongoing journey. It never really ends. And I don't know. I think, I think maybe we'll, we'll wrap this up bringing it back to that type of pleasure that we experience and we want our children to experience too, boys and girls alike, is that maybe we, we don't hide it so much moving forward maybe we do leave the drawer open because it was open anyways and you, you know, the only reason you're going to shut it is because you don't want somebody to see that shameful thing you know but you you leave it open and be like yeah we use condoms here it is or maybe a little mess gets on the bed and instead of freaking out and rushing to clean it up you you leave the bed as it was for a little bit or maybe Maybe we do. Be vocal as it, you know, just a little, or not put off our sexual experience when we have guests in the home. Uh, maybe we're honest a little bit about what we're busy doing on Saturday or Sunday morning or in the evenings, just a little bit in a a safe way. We're we're spending time together in the bedroom. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. think it's gonna be our generation. It maybe, maybe our kids a little bit. I don't know. Seeing what my kids are going through, I don't hope <laughs> for that generation. <laughs> but, I don't know. Any final words from either one of you before we say goodbye on this one? You no, know, Laura. She's shaking her head.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. I'm glad we had the opportunity to talk about the taboo that is sex.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's my here's my vision, and I'll say it publicly before we stop recording. My vision is that we, at some point, could talk about our sexual experiences and all the variety on this podcast. Do you think that would be ever possible to, for either one of you? Maybe <laughs> I'll give you a maybe.
3: <laughs> um... I think
0: that may I'll start how about I I could start doing it and we'll see (laughs) how radical of us to talk about to talk about pleasure how weird of us how counterculture thank you both for coming and
2: and to talk about it in a way and talking about it in a way that has dignity yes that's not immature talking about it in a way like a settled grounded mature Dignified way, yeah. Versus the the way that the like general public is like, ooh, eggplant emoji, peach emoji. You know? (laughs) Do you know what I mean?
0: Oh, I know what you mean. Like how whenever I give a talk, somebody wants to play the song "Let's Talk About Sex, Baby." Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about it. It's like. Yeah, but we're no one's actually mm-hmm. talking about sex. We're all just nudge nudge winking winking each other and oh I guess they're getting it on <laughs> it's yeah. like and then like, I yeah, you know, definitely. but but actually how we are still human beings when we're having sex. We're we're still who we are. I retain my personality and my needs and my bodily functions and my quirks and my messy hair and weird skin stuff. I retain that when I am having a sexual experience and there are interruptions and communications and moments where I want to close the drapes because I'm worried my neighbors will see my naked butt. And there are, you know, like that, that there's a humanness to the sexual experience.
2: Yeah. Real.
0: Just to take all the. Oh, what is that that surrounds sex? It's like this, ooh, like this secret. Performative
2: f- mystery or something.
0: Performative mystery. Yes. Like go down on you. Well, what the heck does that mean? Go down. Like we really need to talk about what that means. Is it tongue? Is it kissing is it breathing for goodness sakes do not breathe on my (laughs) vulva what about the loud noises and the smells and the there are so many important details that are completely missed not only in our conversations about sex but in media, because all we see is the headboard banging against the wall and the chandelier shaking and the panning away and the moaning and the sweating and the rolling over saying, let's do that again. I don't understand the let's do that again. I don't, I mean, who, I, I don't understand. Erections go down. Orgasms fade away. I'm tired. I got things to do. I don't understand that one there's so many real
2: people that don't
0: understand <laughs> yeah but we think that's what's happening behind the mysterious bedroom door so i feel
1: like there's has to one of the podcast episodes will be you know behind the mysterious bedroom
0: door is
1: not a brand that new sexual experience yeah
0: it's not that big of a deal I think that's what I want to say. It's not that big. It's yeah. quite boring. I will tell you, my sexual experiences are quite human and quite boring.
2: Oh, my God. That feels so good to say. Yes. yes. I think It's okay for it to be boring.
0: Boring. Like, I go to the beach, and sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't. But it's not this mysterious. I'm just freaking putting on my sandals and having a snack and putting out my blanket. <laughs> And everyone can see what I'm doing, and same thing if I'm making dinner, and same thing when I'm in the bedroom. It's as boring and and routine and plain as that.
2: We get the message all the time that it's not supposed to be that way. That we have to spice it up in the bedroom, that we have to
0: keep things hot in your marriage. So this is where we can boring, be the change. You're failing. Yeah, we can be the change. Okay. Our next episode, Laura and Lisa <laughs> and Jenna closing <laughs> it all. <laughs> okay. No, I I, I kind of tricked them into that. Um, I am not promising anything and I'm nor am I uh, pressuring them to do anything. We don't do pressure, but maybe I'll maybe I'll start trying that and see what happens i also have my husband's permission and all that so thank you both ladies for coming on here i'm sure we got a lot of laughs and a lot of head nods and a lot of just relief that it's it's just uh it's not so mysterious and wild as everyone thinks so you're not alone you're not alone and there is nothing wrong with you everything wrong with the world we live in, but nothing wrong with you. Lisa's given us a whoop whoop. <laughs> Laura's clapping her hands. Okay. Thank you both. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you in the next one. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have a favor to ask of you. It's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple podcast app. It's the purple icon. And if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face, and has a little button that says latest episodes. If you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews, there's a little purple writing thing that <laughs> says write a review. If you click on that, it will ask you to give it a five stars. Actually, you can put any stars, but five is what I would love. And put a title and then write your review. Thank you so much for supporting this little venture here and i really am so grateful if you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want and enjoy sex more with your husband and you feel like it may be a great next step for you you can go to janet dentonhouse.com wanting it more to sign up for the wait list to learn more to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.